we thank you for being here and we hope that as Mark prayed that our worship thus far has been in spirit and in truth. Uh, Jeremy and Courtney, welcome the new married couple. Excited to see them and it's a good day, isn't it? It's another Lord's Day. It's another day where we can come and worship the King. We can remember what he did for us. You know, he was alive, he died, and then he resurrected, just like he said he'd do. And he's coming again, isn't he? And boy, what a great song that was uh, as we enter this lesson, because God is so good. The goodness of God is a life-transforming truth. It's an absolute blessing from the Lord. What we will see this morning is this blessing just comes from who God is. And as we allow it to become a fact in our minds, as it becomes a fact in our lives, it helps us as we walk as his children to have comfort, to have peace, and to have trust in the fact that the one we serve, this is what I love, the one we serve wants only ultimate good for you. Ultimate. I got three points this morning, and the lesson will be yours, and I I hope that It's a blessing to your life, and I hope that you can just dive in with me for just a few minutes in thinking about the concept of God is so good. And when you think about that, here is an absolute truth. You can't separate good from God. You remember in Exodus chapter 33, Moses asked God if he could see him. He wants to see God, right? And here's what the Lord says to him. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. When the Lord passed by Moses, what passed by? His goodness. Psalms 119 verse 68 says, you, God, are good and do good. And the psalm says, teach me your statutes. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, when God creates all these things. You remember it says, God saw everything that he made. And I like what it says. And indeed, it wasn't just good. It was very good. (laughs) Our God don't do just good stuff. Our God does very good stuff. Amen? James 1.17 tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from who? The Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow or turning. Psalms 84.11 says this, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Now watch this one. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Why in the world would you not want to walk uprightly? The Lord says, I will not hold one good thing from you. 
Jesus, one time this man comes to him and he says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? You remember what Jesus responds with? He says, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. See, this is where we need to make sure that we don't fall into this trap that society sets for us, especially when it comes to the concept of how we raise our children. You know, they say that God doesn't need to be anywhere in the schools. Brethren, what a mess we've got. Amen. What do you see on the TV? What kind of shows do we watch? What kind of shows do we justify and say, ah, it's not that bad. Every show's got this now, right? So you pick the best one you can and then you just go with it, right? You see, we as a society can't teach values. We as a society can't teach morality without teaching who? God. 1 Peter 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. You remember what Peter challenges us as Christians to do? He says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I'm holy. God's holiness is good. God's righteousness is good. God's purpose for his children is good. Am I being repetitive? Absolutely. God holds nothing good from us. I use this uh, verse a lot in a lot of different ways, but boy, it just nails the point home. Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Why in the world would Jesus say that? Because God is good. So think about that. You can't separate good from God. God is good. It's just who he is. Nothing which God creates, nothing which God accomplishes is bad. So why do we struggle realizing that? Why do we, when we're faced with these different circumstances of life, forget that God's way is meant for good? Why do we go into this thought that what we think is right and it's the best way? when we should be remembering that everything about God is good. Which brings us to the second point. No matter what, no matter what, God is always good. Come on, Matt, you should have came with some clever ideas. No, I don't want to veer far from this thought. Hey, God is always good. You ever heard this statement? God is good all the time. And what's the response? All the time, God is good, right? Do we really believe that? 
You know, we'll say it real quick, right? But do we really, really, really believe that? What about when pain comes in our lives? What about sickness? What about financial struggle? What about addiction or suffering? We're always excited and ready to shout from the top of our lungs that God is good when life is going like we need it. Amen? But what about when life throws that curveball? What happens? See, this is the moment where we as Christians have to make sure that we're grounded and confident in the truth. This is it. This is where you see what you're made of as a Christian. You remember Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it says, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Why did they receive a good testimony? Because no matter what they were faced with, no matter what the situation was in their life, they were going to do what God said. You continue that whole chapter of Hebrews 11 and you will see, by faith, such and such did this. By faith, such and such did this. And on and on and on it goes. No matter what we're faced with, we have to know that God only wants what is good for us. Amen? We also know that without struggles, without pushing through tough times, we don't know what good really is. What are you talking about, Matt? I mean, Romans 8.28 nails it on the head, doesn't it? And we know, brethren, Christian, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I talked about this, and I'm not going to get into the specifics at a Bible study I had on Tuesday and talked about how this verse is so true. Through some of the toughest situations in my life came an incredible blessing. That was for the good. Something happened in a tough time in my life, and out of that tough time came somebody to help me out. You ever had that happen to you, brethren? You ever had this tough situation all of a sudden when you look back at it, it was like, man, that may have been the greatest thing that ever happened to me. If we want to grow spiritually, this blessing has to be one that we never forget. Because times will get tough. Times will get hard. But when we don't forget what the Lord tells us to do in these times, we keep our focus where it needs to be at, on Him. And that's when the blessings become action. What are you talking about, Matt? Think about Micah chapter 6, verse 8. 
And if you'll do this for me this week, use this as your verse. Use this as the verse that you're going to do. He says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Think about those three things. To do justly. If I do what's proper, if I do what's fitting, if I do what's right, what happens in my life? It's good, isn't it? People around me see good things. Man, this guy keeps the law. Man, I need a pass mat. He is going the speed limit. For those of you who know how I drive, that's impressive. Mark called me out way early on about it. I'm working on it, okay? I'm going to do better at driving the speed limit sometimes. But if you go one over, what are you doing? You're speeding, ain't you? But if I do the speed limit, then I'm doing the right thing. Now look at the second thing, to love mercy. Whatever we love to do, we're going to do it, right? With all we got. What if you loved mercy? If somebody did something wrong to you and you love mercy, what are you going to do back to them? You're ready to bestow it on them, right? I'm going to show you mercy, man. Even though you did this terrible thing to me, I've been waiting for the opportunity. <laughs> and man, what you did was a really bad thing to me. But I've been so ready. I've been so prepared. I love mercy so much that I'm going to forgive you, man. How good is that? How good of a feeling is that to that person? If I'm prepared to give them mercy, not because I got to. <sighs> I mean, I don't really want to forgive you. I don't even want to talk to you. Get out of my face, really. But no, I love it. I want it. And what about the next one? To walk humbly with your God. If I'm not exalting myself, I'm putting him first. So the things that I'm doing, and we just established the point, is absolute good. Brethren, if we're not doing God's will, if we're doing the things that we want to do, we are not doing good. But when we humbly put ourselves under his control, when we allow him to be the leader of our life, we will do good things. That changes how people around you act. That changes the way you and your family have relations. That changes the way how you and your husband communicate. It changes all kinds of things for the good. Oh, the goodness of the Lord to help us in the darkest of times. Amen? Whether the situation is good or bad, we know that all things will work together for the good. For those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. When a terrible situation happens in your life, where do you go? Do you go to the absolute negative or do you stay in the positive? I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know why I'm struggling with this. I don't know why this situation is coming in my life. But Lord, I know you with me. I know on the other side of this, I'm going to grow. 
I know on the other side of this, I'm going to be better. And something good's going to come out of this. Brethren, if we don't get serious in our lives, we will never change. We'll just go through the motions over and over, and we will never affect anybody else. Never. Because we play the game, we hear the verse, and we never apply it. But I'll tell you what, I'm not perfect in being just. I'm not perfect in loving mercy, and I'm sure not perfect in humbling myself. But boy, I want to be better. And I'm going to work on it. The question then becomes, can you see that? Do you know that God is good and what's only good for you? Well, I want you to think about this. Nowhere, if you hadn't seen it yet, if you haven't realized it yet, nowhere is the goodness of God more evident than in who? Christ Jesus. You remember what the gospel is called? It's called the good news. That makes me smile. How about you? The good news. Well, some of y'all are looking at me like it's the bad news. This ain't the bad news. This is the good news. Consider this. Why am I saying that? Because God is good, and guess what we aren't? We ain't good all the time. And because of that, our sins, our iniquities have separated us from him. Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. So there's this problem. And what is that problem? It's sin. Romans 3.23 tells us that we all fall short of the glory of God. We can't be good enough to get rid of this sin problem that we create on ourselves. And because of that, Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. But the gospel, the good news has been given so we can see that God and his goodness has made possible one way. Not many, not a couple, not different paths going to the same. No, one way that humanity can escape the wrath of God. And when you think about the wrath of God, what is the wrath of God coming upon? It's coming upon the sons of disobedience. One day, God is going to eliminate completely evil. Completely which proves the point that God is absolutely good. So he's made one way that humanity can escape the wrath of God and be forgiven of their sins. And what makes it even more special, what makes it even more precious is that it was given to us through love because somebody loved us. Not just liked you, not just was an acquaintance because they loved you with everything that was in them. We're talking about the greatest gift that someone could give anybody 
The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How good is that gift? Eternal life. You can live forever and not have a tear, not have a sorrow, not have a pain, not have a struggle. Eternal life. Now that puts in perspective the way that I'm living now. Is it worth it? Is doing the things that I want to do in this life worth chancing eternal life with no problems, with no struggles? God provided a way for sinners to be forgiven and added to his family. Watch what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 5, he says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to what? To the good pleasure of his will. He continues in verse 9, he says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. One day, Jesus is going to come back, and we're all going to be together. Amen? Now, I don't want you to miss this jewel right here. It says, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. That's pretty deep, ain't it? That whole verse, those two verses right there are pretty deep. Don't miss this. The word purposed right here, the Greek word for purposed means to place before or to expose to public view. What is being exposed? That the will of the Father is indeed very good. The will, what he wants to do, what he absolutely expects and wants us to live out and the the purpose for everything, his will is absolutely good. And we see it by way of this mystery, which is the gospel. The good news is something that we as Christians should never forget. And should be what drives us in this life. Brethren, God has been good. Amen? And he continues to be good. And he'll be good forever and ever and ever. It was the final day and all the students were doing a last minute cram before the exam began. The professor entered the class and took a few minutes to review. Most of the review was very familiar to the students, except towards the end there was some material that no one remembered ever hearing. The professor spoke up and said, This is in your textbook, and you are responsible for the content which will be on the exam. The students became very anxious. The time came for the test and the professor gave the word to flip over the exams and begin. In the words of Denise, one of the students, she said, I couldn't believe it. To my astonishment, every answer on the test was filled in. 
And I'm going to have to pause for a minute because I think about Luke taking his finals and I'm thinking, man, wouldn't that be awesome if you flipped the test over and all the answers was on there? She says, I couldn't believe it. To my astonishment, every answer on the test was filled in. My name was even written on the exam in red ink. The class was amazed at what the professor had done. And on the bottom of the last page was this note. All the answers on your test are correct. You will receive an A on the final exam. The reason you passed the test is because the creator of the test took it for you. Have a good day and God bless. What a cool story, huh? The professor was really good to his students, wasn't he? You think that those students ever will forget that story? Probably not. When they have a bad day, that may be one of the things that they think about. Maybe you're here today and and you think nothing like that ever happens to me. If that's true, take a second and think about what we've just talked about. And look up here on the board. You see it? (laughs) I like doing this every once in a while. Somebody did something really good for you one time. Somebody did something incredible. Somebody called it out. Somebody said, I'm going to come, I'm going to die, and I'm going to be resurrected. And I'm going to do it for you. The greatest sign of God's goodness to everyone is spelled J-E-S-U-S. As we leave this place this morning, let this be our mind frame. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But boy, the next verse really is where I want you to think. For consider him, brethren, consider him, the one who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Consider that thought. Because if you don't, this may happen to you. You may grow weary and discouraged in your souls. Brethren, don't grow weary in doing good. Because you're going to reap what you sow. What an awesome thing to be a child of God. Don't grow weary in doing good. Stay encouraged, stay excited, stay fired up, stay knowing that what you're doing is worth it. Know that the things that you tell other people, hey, find an opportunity to talk to somebody about the good news and watch how the world changes. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you've got some things going on in your life that just aren't right and you may need prayers. Maybe you feel like God hasn't been good to you. 
I just want to encourage you and say that he has been and he will be. Come to him. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian though. It makes me so sad to think about somebody not wanting to become a child of God. I can't hardly be, I, I, I can't hardly get it in my mind. But if you're here today, please don't miss out on all the spiritual blessings that come in Christ Jesus. Come in the one who loved you so much that he died for you, that he wants you to be successful. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Baptism is not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but it's an answer of a good conscience towards God. God, I know I can't do it, but I know you can. And when I go into the water, I go dead. But when I come out, I become a new creature ready to serve you. If you need to become a child of God, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now. Let's together we stand and sing.